founder of nodegree.com, the founding member of the Columbia University Toastmasters, a career coach and a host of the No Degree podcast, who has built his LinkedIn following to over 41,000 followers. Welcome. Nice to be here. Awesome. So uh, lots to talk about. Uh, before we get into uh, your uh, really amazing uh, business, and I love the, I love the name, uh, tell us a little bit about more yourself and uh, you know, where you're from and where you grew up and what made you uh, go um, onto the uh, online world. Yeah, so I was born in Bangladesh. I came to the U.S. when I was three years old. I've always been pretty entrepreneurial. I remember I used to tutor in high school, try to resell sneakers, cell phones, all different types of things. Tutoring, I stuck to the longest just because I was able to make some money and I did it throughout college. And I found nodegree.com in 2014. And since then, it's just been a lot of learning, online reading, growth. And I launched a podcast about three and a half years ago. And that's led to a lot of interesting and good opportunities. That's amazing. So, so yeah, so your, um, your uh, site is called uh, nodegree.com. And in essence, uh, you help people land jobs that uh, may or may not have a degree. Is that correct? Like, tell us a little bit about it and how you got the idea. And, uh, you know, how, how did you start doing it? That sounds very, very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I focus on landing people jobs that don't require degrees. That's the focus just because it's like I don't tell people how to become a doctor, how to become a lawyer. Not that I couldn't at least guide them in the right direction of what they need to do, but that's not the main focus. And how did I go down it is I was on Reddit almost nine years ago. And someone asked for those of you without a college degree who make over six figures, how much do you make and what do you do? I mean, how'd you get the job and what do you do? And the jobs are like, I'm a claims adjuster, elevator repair, database administrator, construction. And all the people said, oh, my uncle, my cousin, my friend. And I was like, okay, what if you didn't have that uncle, cousin, or friend? How would you go about getting these jobs? And then the other thing is the jobs, like who grows up and says, I want to be a claims adjuster <laughs> or I want to grow up and be a database administrator. You know, right. A lot of kids just have very little ideas of what careers are out there. They just choose what they see on TV. They choose maybe what their friends and family tell them. And that's kind of it. And I want to raise awareness for a lot of these careers. And it's just the rest is sort of history, just like day to day, just doing as much as I can to just advance the company and just generate more content. Okay. And so basically, what, how did you start? What did you do? I mean, you, uh, you basically, uh, how did you, you know, did you, uh, did you ra raise some money? Did you bootstrap it? Did you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, fully bootstrapped. One of the reasons I did not raise money is this is a company that can function without raising money, although it'll okay. take longer. I did not want to give away a percentage of the company to someone for amount. And the big reason is I see a lot of founders that they have these visions. And oftentimes VCs, they have like a seven-year timeline. Like, hey, I have to make back my money within seven years. The other thing is I did not want to sacrifice helping people for profit. Yes, we have to make money and I do charge for services and all that, but it would have turned into, oh, have ads every three minutes on your podcast. 
I sure. wanted to find the right balance where the people came before profit. And again, I have a very long-term vision, 20, 30 years. They just don't have that. So for them, it would have just been like, hey, why, why are you spending time helping this nonprofit and not charging them? For me, it's like, hey, that's the mission of no degree. So why would I go against that? Okay. So tell us about, uh, you know, where do you get your customers from and what's the journey like? So, you know, so let's pretend I am looking for a job and, uh, you know, where do, how do I find out about you? And then what is my journey? How, what does that look like? A lot of people will either find me through referrals. They'll maybe land on the website. They'll come on my LinkedIn. They may find me on TikTok. They may find me on Twitter. Now, a lot of people I never interact with. A lot of people just go straight to their podcast. They get the value they want from there. Okay. Now, other people, they may want something more. So I have a resume course that teaches people how to write resumes, how to format the resumes, how to find a job, optimize their LinkedIn interview, all the things required so that they can have an effective job search. Or if they want something even more hands-on, I help people with their resumes, interview prep, salary negotiation, and all that. And if you check the bottom of my LinkedIn, I have over 230 reviews. So Amazing. I have some of that credibility and so that's one aspect. And then I funnel the money back into the podcast, back into other things uh, and just bootstrap person. I make money. I don't really even touch any money as of now from the pot, uh, from the business. I just pump it back in to grow. Amazing. And so where do you actually uh, find the jobs? Do you uh, uh, tap into some type of uh, platform or how does that work? Yeah, it pulls from other sources, and then we'll update it with our own jobs. Okay, great. And uh, so you said uh, you reinvest your money into 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 the business. What does that look like? So uh, I I'm I'm hearing that probably getting the majority of your leads through the podcast. Is that right? Some, a lot through LinkedIn, Twitter, and okay. referrals. Just because I've okay. done over 500 resumes, so a lot of people like I've gotten people raises in the 30 k to 120k range so someone will be like how'd you get this job you don't have a degree oh i worked with janide go reach out and i have people who come to me two years like i have someone i've done their resume two years ago and i get referrals so that's how i do that and when i say pump the money back in podcast i have a podcast editor i have uh you could call them an online business manager and they handle some of the social media clips and all that and just other projects and initiatives that I do just because the goal is to make money outside of my services. Right. Okay. And then, you know, you have a, a big following on LinkedIn. So how did you grow your LinkedIn uh, audience? What was your, uh, you know, top three things that you did? Consistency, creativity, and just a unique style that incorporates humor. Okay. And do you find that I'm, I've had, you know, several people on the podcast that had a very large following. Um, what would you say is, you know, like LinkedIn can be pretty boring, right? And you, there's a fine line between professionalism and, you know, comedy, I suppose, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. right? So how, how do you, uh, you know, where, what does that line look like for you? Which, where's the line that you don't cross, uh, you know? Yeah, so I don't try to make it just pure comedy for comedy's sake, like something that would be more TikTok, Instagram. What I tell people is LinkedIn is a professional social media platform. So you have to be professional 
and social. So I try to be like, hey, would this be something you talk about in an office? Does this relate to something back to work and all that? So I'm not just necessarily going to share like a viral Facebook video and it'll be my own content. I'll share something about like, hey, when that recruiter doesn't call you back when they said they'll call you back or when your boss leaves work early and you're goofing off. So kind of to touch into that professional humor and then I'll bring in sarcasm. Uh, like sometimes I'll be like, hey, I'm a big fan of return to the office. It's so amazing to do work and commute and all that. And I'll slowly bring people in. The other thing I, I left out is I'm really active in terms of engaging and supporting others. A lot of people, LinkedIn is a networking platform. So it really, you want to build that network who knows what you bring to the table and who, when they see their content, they know you and they want to support you. Right. And that's awesome. So I know you're a, you were a was it a founding member of a, of the Toastmasters? Can you talk a little bit about that and the benefit that gave you? Yeah. So the Columbia, I went to Columbia University for a master. I have a unfortunately I have a master in actual science. If I were to go okay. back, I'd do things very differently. But you know, sure. I was younger, and I found DonorDegree.com at the at the end of my program. Okay. Now, Toastmasters is a public speaking club, international public speaking club, mm -hmm. and I wanted to join it because the week before I had a presentation where I was supposed to record like a five minute video and it took like six hours and I was like, all right, I need to work on this. And someone made an announcement. I started it. I was really proactive and I was really committed. Uh, since it was at the university, we, I, it was a bunch of students, but then during the summer, nobody was committed. So in the summer, there were only a handful of people that showed up. And I had to run the club and I had to have multiple roles. And for several years, I built up the club. And eventually it got to a point where we had other members who were really active. And then I had the chance to step away. Now I kind, I kind of go mentor people. They'll hit me up. I'll go here and there. And it, it was definitely tough. But it, it taught me a lot of things about leadership. It taught me a lot of things just about public speaking. Because we would show up to meetings. Speaker didn't show up. Okay. I have to give a speech that I did not really prepare for. Oh, that's this right. person didn't show up. So I'd hold three to four roles at wow. meetings. And that's what allowed me to become so comfortable. And eventually when I went, when I started live streaming, it was a lot easier. Sure. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about the ability to speak. You know, I mean, having a podcast, you know, it's almost like public speaking in a way, right? So, you know, the new generation, Gen Zs and whatnot, you know, they're really like obsessed with social media and, you know, they're having a really tough time uh, connecting with humans in real life, so to speak, right? What, is, what are some of the things that you would recommend for somebody that's like, you know, just joining the workforce, 18 to 22, 23, and, you know, they're having a little bit of anxiety about, you know, speaking, public speaking, maybe even selling themselves, right? So what are some of the things that they can do? I would really say that join a Toastmasters club. It's a very easy thing to do. Hop on calls with people that you know online. I think too many people, they focus way too much on texting and other forms of communication that have these conversations, you know, one-on-one, right. -on -one, get outside your comfort zone. That's really what it comes down to. I find that a lot of parents, you know, these days don't necessarily push their kids to go outside their boundaries. And so people don't have to. I used to wrestle in high school. That really pushed me outside my boundary. But you have to do activities 
doesn't matter what activity, but go outside your boundaries. Right. I find sports are a good way because you interact with other people. It's competition. You get to fail. And just other activities that you could do is uh, I've seen people start their own podcast. Right. I've seen people do that. But I find just practice, 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 practice and find ways to present. Uh, live streaming is one of the best ways to get better at public speaking. Because That's true. Yeah, it's it's not easy. And you could hop on someone else's live stream, but talk to people, phone calls even go far. Absolutely. So how, how do you see, you know, how is your business being affected right now? I mean, it's 2023, a lot of tech companies are letting people uh, go and whatnot. Uh, what do you see in the industry in terms of, you know, hiring and switching jobs and that kind of thing? Is it a, you know, is it a different, uh, is it a different feel now for you than it was maybe pre-COVID? For me, the thing is, I really started doing resumes a few months before COVID. So the business happened a lot during COVID. Now, I had other businesses I did at the same time, too, because I started a virtual events company at the time with a couple of people that we I focused a little more on that, pump money back into no degree. Now, since companies don't do virtual events at the same scale, I'm back at no doing full time, no degree. I've had the best month I've ever had in a long time because Amazing. I do resumes and then I'm getting people who are coming who are like, Hey, I've never struggled finding a job. Can you help me? And they're getting interviews. So for me, it's really given me a lot of experience in different markets. Uh, and it's just teaching me a lot, but the beauty of no degree is there's always jobs out there and there's always people looking for jobs. And right. that's where we come in. And since again, we're not dependent on VC, it's just I'm always learning and going to really start reinvesting into the company. Awesome. And so you talk about uh, resumes a lot. So um, yeah, being the expert at resumes, how, how do you see AI fitting into this picture? You know, I mean, you can basically tell Chad GPT to make a resume for you. But like, what would you say is the main difference between AI right now and maybe what do you do? Yeah, so the thing is, if you have the right prompts, you can write a resume with AI. Now, the thing is, a lot of AI, they're specifically meant for blog posts. So they add unnecessary words. So ChatGPT will say successfully implemented large-scale program to assist XYZ. The fact is, you don't need to say successfully implemented. Are you going to unsuccessfully implement something and put it on your resume? Right. And recruiters are looking at resumes all day to the point that adjectives lose meaning. Right. Go in, now you have to talk about how large is this program? What's the impact? The fact is, if you put all those prompts in, that's the hard part, knowing what impact you had. So the value you come from me is that. Now, the other thing is the applicant tracking systems. They're very specific. A lot of those things are not easily found online. I've learned through experiences. Now, you can train a specific AI model to feed it, and of course, they could do the resume. But the hard part is is knowing what you need to put down. A lot of right. times, it just tells you, here's some sample bullet points, but those are not your bullet points. And the fact is, if you want to stand out, other people are doing the same things. I was reading something on LinkedIn, and they said they had like 184 cover letters that were the same exact thing. So what's wow. the point of writing it? You're better off not writing a cover letter than writing the same one that everybody <laughs> else does. And now they're going to have like AI detection things and all that. Right. So, and the fact is you still have to show up to the interview. You still sure. have to do that. And then the other thing is the chat GPT data is, you know, 2021. So some of the newer fields, it's not going to have that insight in 
um, and all that. And then finding right. the job, ChatGPT is not a job board. It could tell you, hey, here's some places where you can find jobs. Right. Um, and then sometimes the mock interview training and all that, that helps. And my podcast, again, is life experiences. The most, Some of the most important things you're, you have to learn are things you didn't know you didn't know. So if you didn't know, hey, how do I break into cybersecurity? Cool. But now if you never heard of that path, how do you break in? And then how do you break in? Maybe if you're not a demographic that's known to be in that and you want to see someone, okay, how did this person break in when they went to jail? Something like that. So the other aspect is there are going to be a lot of AI jobs. So that's a lot of content that I'm creating. So for me, it's all about adapting. Like, look, these things are going to happen. And the analogy I give is like computers didn't take away jobs from accountants. They, in fact, made it easier and they expanded the field. And for businesses, there's always work that needs to be done. It's just now you can focus on things you normally would not. And you don't have to focus on the things that are more, you know, mundane, repetitive tasks or things that are very easy and that can be automated. Now you can focus on the higher level things. Right. And so what do you think makes the perfect resume? What is the, the secret juice? The perfect resume is one that highlights yourself well, that shows what you did, and that shows the impact that you have. Did you save money? Did you save time? Did you improve things? Now, the perfect resume is going to vary because you can have the perfect resume, but that's not enough for a marketing job. Sure. That's not enough for a senior programmer job. So you have to know how to represent yourself accurately. But the other thing is you have to know what gaps you have, and you have to know what you can get out of the next job. Then from there upskill and add to your resume right amazing so i've never really heard anybody talk about a 20 to 30 year business plan that's pretty impressive um why do you think uh, you want to do it for for that long like what uh, you know that's a very long time most people the most i've ever heard is 10 years so so where did that come from Uh, did you uh you know did you read something about that or like you know i'm really interested about that a lot of founders they start a company for the exit i have no interest in exiting i could get an offer of like several million, I could get off for a hundred million. I'm still not going to exit. The goal is I want to change the landscape for people without college degrees. That's going to take time. LinkedIn actually just had its 20th anniversary and think about it got, it got acquired by Microsoft in 2018 and the platform really changed after then. And that's when it grew a lot. So think about a company like that, that started in a much easier time, the early days of social media, and it still took them a long time. Sure. There are a lot of aspects of it. And for me, it's like, there are cultural things I have to fight. There's so, still some people like, you have to go to college. You have to spend this much money. So then there's the U.S. Now, if I'm expanding to other countries, that's going to be very different. And I have to do it differently. And then that's going to take years. And then it's it's bootstrap. So a lot of the progress is going to take a lot longer than another company. Um, I'm a small team. And so it's one of those things. I'm going to do it the rest of my life. I don't see right. myself exiting. Because there's always more to do. There's always new careers. There's always more content to create. There's right. just impact that I can have in different ways. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I, uh, now that I think about it, I mean, you know, the, 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 in the U.S., the whole uh, college uh, machine has really turned into exactly that. It's basically like, you know, you, uh, you get a loan, you, you're indebted for a couple hundred thousand dollars or more, depending on what you studied. And now you have to pay this back for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of is not a, a business model that uh, per se works anymore, you know, so especially with, you know, the uh, you know, AI and being able to use it and uh, different educational platforms online and whatnot. I mean, you know, you have 12-year-olds now in basements 
knowing how to do way more than some people that went to, I don't know, got their PhD and who knows what, right? Yeah. So I really see a huge future for that. It, it, it really makes sense. You, you are right. I mean, generally speaking, everybody's parents is like, no, no, you got to go to school. You got to finish your degree. I know my mom was like that and probably why I finished uh, my degree. And, uh, you know, nowadays, uh, uh, some of the big founders actually have only high school degrees, right? Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's really interesting. How, I guess the question is this. How do you define knowledge in other words you know it's like it used to be well i have you know a four-year degree at, at this university at this university at this college and at, at this university and this is a better college than this and then people would you know judge you and rate you based upon what school you went to more so than even your ability sometimes right uh so it's 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 interesting to to see uh you know how people actually now get uh rated so to speak right how would you say you know you had you have somebody that you know it's an I don't know, 18-year-old kid that basically knows a lot but never went to school. Like, how, how do you take that information and put it into, I guess, the journey of this, uh, this person, you know, starting off with a resume, with CV, whatever it is, and then uh, having the interview? Like, what does that look like? So I wouldn't even start off with the, with the resume. Oftentimes, you have to ask the person, what do they want to do? And if you ask a lot of people... They're going to say, oh, become an AI prompt engineer, do this. But the fact is there are so many careers that you can be successful in. You have to, I have to ask the person, like, what do you want to do? What are you interested in? What careers interest you? And then now I'm going to ask them, why do those careers interest you? You'll ask someone, hey, I'm going to be an investment banker. I'll be like, why? Oh, I want to make money. And then I always ask them, if you could make money doing something else, would you? And they're like, yeah. So I was like, you don't want to become an investment banker. You want to make money. So did you consider other options like real estate? Did you consider whatever? And then they'll be like, no, I did not. So I was like, hey, you really have to think about why you chose a career. And oftentimes that career is because of some social aspect. Society, they watch things, they know that this is the highest paying thing. So then I have to introduce them to a lot of careers. So this is like a very long journey. Because the fact is, who truly knew what they wanted to do at 18? Like when I started public speaking, I had no idea. I want to do a podcast. Podcasts right. did not exist in the same form. But when sure. I started doing it, it worked. So I would tell them, hey, you want to start upskilling. What do you enjoy doing? Start upskilling. Then once you start upskilling, you start falling into your passion. I find that you discover your passion by putting in work, seeing what you like to do. You fall into it, and then you'll find things. My business, again, it, was, it started off me finding the domain name. And that's right. why I'm here eight and a half years later. But you could not have told me like, hey, would you live stream? I'd be like, hey, live stream? What's that? Like, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> I would have thought like live streaming, that's a little stupid. Now right. it's something like I do hours a week, right? I had a TikTok live that was like four hours last week with someone and it's something I truly enjoy. So wow. a lot of times it's like, just go to learn, go to upskill, figure out what you want to do, do things, fail. You'll get a better idea. And the other thing is, Knowledge comes in many forms. A lot of people think that education has a monopoly on knowledge. But the fact is, most people learn their most important lessons and information outside of the classroom. That's not to say you can't get value in the classroom, but that's not the only place you can get value. Like you could go on YouTube, you could listen to podcasts, you Absolutely. could get a mentor, you could buy a course, you could read a book. And the fact is, you don't stop learning even if you went to college when you get a 
outside of college. Like that's not when you stop learning. People keep learning. So the no, a lot of people mistake that I'm anti-education. I'm anti being ripped off and seeing that education only comes from one source. The right. Average loan student loan debt is like 30 to 40 K in the U S and again, before it was like, Hey, it was like three, five K their whole tuition. So now it's a, it's just, people have to really do their research and see, am I the person for college or are there other ways that are preferably better for me? Right. That's awesome. Super inspirational story. I love it. So one of the questions that I ask every one of my guests is the following. If you were in my shoes and you would ask yourself a question that I didn't ask, what would that be? You know, it's funny. I asked my podcast guest that. At the oh, end. really? So that's, all, that's always a, a good question. Yeah. I would ask myself, what are the biggest mistakes you've made? So I would say the biggest mistakes I've made is don't invest more than you can afford to lose. You know, I invested like 20K in crypto. This was like 2017, early 2018. I, I lost, like <laughs> I got it down to like a thousand and I'm still paying for that. Like I should have only invested 5K, Yep. right? Then I would have had an extra 15K that would have allowed me to make some other decisions I could. I would not be able to make at the time, given my circumstances. Right. Now, find a way to make your first dollar. Like I quit my job when I didn't have my first dollar. It took me 15 months to make that first dollar. Once I made the first dollar, it was so much easier to make the second dollar, the third dollar, the fourth dollar. But the first okay. dollar was the hardest to make. Then again, if you're in a startup, choose your business partners wisely. Unfortunately, I had a business partner who did minimal work. And it was like, it costs seven, seven and a half years. I should have had the harder and tougher conversation earlier. Like, hey, is this what you want to do? Are you willing to put in the work? And if you're not, we have to figure out a way to do this because it, it's going to hold you back. A lot of people don't realize, like you have some, I see it happen so many times. You get these business partners who do maybe one, two hours of work a week. And all of a sudden they think they're doing a lot. <laughs> the fact is as a startup owner, I like, now I got a full-time job just to kind of increase my income and not be able to touch money from the company. And I, I'll work like the 9.30 to 5. And, you know, I'll do little things in between maybe for my company. And then like 5 to 5.30, I start doing client resumes. I might do two or three of them. And I'm working like another, depending on the day, another five to eight hours on top of that. Again, with breaks in between. Sure. And then that's great. Like it's a Saturday. Uh, I'll take a nap for it's like 10 a.m. right now. I'll take a nap like for an hour afterwards. Then I have a client. Then I'll have another client after that. I had a client reschedule. So what does that mean? I'm going to shoot some TikTok videos. I'm going to start doing some networking. <laughs> I'm going to do some of that. And then tomorrow I got work. And then I got clients afterwards. And then it's going to be a long journey. So now if you have a business partner that doesn't put in their work, Let's say you lose three months of them not being productive. That's 25% of a year that you lost. Sure. 25% of a year. Now, let's say you have a business that's been going on five years. So that's a quarter of a year, 20% of that. So now you get 5%. You lost 5% of the time. That's a lot of time. That's time you'll never get back. Absolutely. And it compounds. The, the yep. lack of effort compounds. So stay consistent. Have those tough conversations. Make that first dollar. That's awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you for taking the time uh, on the weekend. 
and uh, I hope to uh, talk to you and meet you uh, in, in person. I look forward to that day too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.